All right. Hello and welcome just to family. This is giving you something to talk about or just a live TV as I like to call it. My name is Melissa. I'm an identity coach, spiritual teacher, business mentor, creator, and founder of not only just a live TV, but also the Women Supporting Women Can Network. So today's episode is sponsored by Phoenix Identity. If you are feeling desperate to unlock your potential, to figure out who you are as an individual and how you can be the best leader that you possibly can, go and check them out. They have clarity sessions available for you. Link in the description. All right. So today we are talking about what it means to be a leader. So I'm going to hand it over to our guest speaker today, Thomas, to introduce himself. Would you like to do the honors? Yes, please. Thank you, Melissa. I'm Thomas Cox. Um, I created a business called Becoming a Best Boss. And I did that because after 15 years in technology, I discovered that the quality of projects, the quality of everybody's life, kept varying based on on who we were working for or who was the team lead or how well we were being managed. And of course, you, know, you got a bunch of engineers and I don't know if you know any engineers, but none of us had any people skills. <laughs> and we'd be unhappy, we wouldn't know why. Uh, or we'd be happy, but we still wouldn't know why. And after I kind of topped out yeah, after 15 years of that, uh, doing database technology work, I thought, man, if I could just crack the code on that, I'd be happier and I can make people around me happier. And boy, it seems like a really an unmet need to figure out how do you get teams to be happy and productive? And it really does seem to, to hinge off you know, the qualities of the leader. And so that was in 2002. So I spent the last 20 years trying to puzzle that out. It's been um, quite the journey and I can boil it down to a couple of things. Uh, so let's say you were... Um, call for jury duty. This happened to me. And let's say you take it into your head that you'd like to be the foreperson of the jury. Because of course the jury has to select somebody to be, you know, unless the judge appoints someone. How, how would you go about doing that? And that happened to me. And I thought, you know, I'm going to test out my theories here by seeing if I can get 11 strangers to pick me as the foreman. And so what I said about doing is I just we're all gathering and we're all awkward strangers and, you know, no one knows what to do. And we're in this, you know, small room. And so I just start at my left and I go clockwise around and I just say, hi, I'm Thomas. Um, what are you hoping to get out of your jury service? What, you know, what's your name? Where are you from? Blah, blah, blah. And then, you know, what, what, what would make this a good experience for you? What, what, what's important to you? And I just ask, and after a while, it's obvious that I'm asking these questions. I'm just, I'm focused on one person. I'm not like putting on a show, but after a while, everyone's like waiting their turn. And it's the only structure in the room. No, no one else is doing anything structured other than maybe a little bit of chat. As I, I ask all 11 people, I'm taking notes because I can't remember any of this stuff. Um, but I'm just curious. I'm interested. Like, you know, what would make you happy being on this jury? What are you looking to, to accomplish? What, what are your goals? What are your desires? What, what's in you? And just making conversation, not like I'm in charge. I'm not like acting, you know, all pompous or anything. And at the end of it, so somebody says, yeah, we should, we're supposed to pick a foreman and who'd like to be. And I said, I'd be willing to, if, if folks want me. And then the other guy said, well, I'd be, I'd be happy to, because he's, you know, views himself as the leader type. And he was crushed, right? I mean, I, I got all the votes. Why? Because I acted like someone who cared about, I behaved as, and I did, I, it was not enough to care, okay? Caring is internal. I behaved in a way that shows care, that this, that other people matter to me. I, I care what, what how they're feeling, what's important to them. I want to know them as in unique individuals. 
and I gave them my undivided attention as I was listening to them. And this is half of the recipe of becoming the kind of person people want to follow is that you have to show up. Please don't fake this, by the way. I'm not saying you can't fake it. I'm saying don't fake it because if people find out you're faking it, you will lose. (laughs) Not a good idea. It'll, you'll go from high, you'll, you'll create a crater in equal distance to whatever fake high you created. They will feel betrayed by you because they have been. Uh, so you have to really develop an actual genuine interest in other human beings, which as an engineer, I actually had to work on. I, there's a whole training I put myself through to figure out how do I find people interesting? Because I was all fascinated with objects and technology and whatnot. Uh, so that's part of the transformation. And so, so this is half the game, half the recipe is you figure out how to demonstrate the genuine interest in others. Um, and then, and that was enough to get me elected foreman. But if this were something, or, or, or if you wanted to be more than that, if you had an actual team that actually had to perform over time, not just a one day trial, uh, you'd need to do the other half of, of the leadership uh, mystery. Yeah. The first half is is taking a genuine interest in others and caring about them as human beings. The second is championing high standards of excellence and calling people up to that. Because we all want to achieve and we want to see ourselves as having one. We, we love progress towards a worthy goal. We love it. it. It releases more dopamine and gives us a greater sense of fulfillment than anything else. Not the achievement of the goal, but the progress towards the goal. And if you can rally the group around uh, some kind of shared goal and then maintain a high standard and challenge people when they fall short, and if someone's hurting team dynamics, you you get in their face. You don't let you don't let it linger. You you, you challenge bad behavior, you you acknowledge uh, excellence, you help them acknowledge each other. Um, there's actually five behaviors of relating to build that relationship. And there's seven behaviors of requiring to, to demand and uphold excellence. And if you can do those things consistently, people will follow you regardless of your title. And that's, that's what I teach, what I practice. Uh, and it's been nothing short of revolutionary. And what, one of the things that's bothered me, by the way, when this, this topic of leadership comes up is I seem to have found myself in an industry, the leadership training industry, that is so full of charlatans and snake oil, so full of bad advice and and messy thinking and mistaken ideas uh, that it's a, it's a little hard to break through. Fortunately, my stuff works and theirs doesn't. So there's I get a lot of repeat business and a lot of word of mouth. Um, I can't wait. <laughs> but, but I mean, it, it's a very simple recipe. Um, mm-hmm. I'd say the, uh, I want to back up. There's some pre-work you have to do if you really want to carry out this, this you know, becoming the kind of leader that people love following and, and feel uh, deeply fulfilled uh, in their following of you. Uh, you got to work on yourself. Uh, and one of the most important things you can do is become uh, a calm, relaxed uh confident human being who doesn't get triggered, that doesn't fly off the handle, that doesn't fly into a rage, that doesn't have uncontrolled emotions. Um, I'm not saying you have to be unemotional. I'm not saying that you you shouldn't feel feelings. That would be bad, right? I mean, you've got to have empathy and you've got to, you know, feel appropriate anger at the right things at the right time. Um, Let me me read five uh, 
things to you and say, if a leader did these five things, how would you feel? A leader that shows empathy, one that has curiosity, one that shows creativity and passion and purpose. Okay, hold those five things in your, in your thoughts. If you had a, a person who wanted to lead you and they showed up with empathy, curiosity, creativity, passion, and purpose, and they were in control of their emotions, their emotions weren't in control of them. They were, you know, fully fledged human beings. And you would think, wow, yeah, I'd, I'd be all for that. As opposed to like full of negative judgment and either criticizing you or criticizing our circumstances are terrible, negative Nelly or or self-criticism it th those are all three so unpleasant to be around over time and so this self-work i'm talking about comes from an outstanding book that i recommend to all my clients now called positive intelligence if you've, if you may have heard of it it's beginning to get some serious traction in the world um, and what positive intelligence teaches you is how to move the activity out of the negative judgmental part of your brain that gets you triggered and keeps you triggered it helps you trigger others and over into parts of the right brain and the, the positive limbic system and the, and the mirror neurons that trigger empathy. Uh, and it helps you deliberately shift the activity in your own brain so that you show up in this empathic, passionate, uh, curious, creative way. And it's, it's like catnip. People love it. And so that, that to me is a precursor for the work that I'm talking about doing, learning these skills of, of leading. I have um, I have a PDF and I'll actually link it to this this episode. It's called Embrace Your Positivity and that does very similar things. We do exactly. as individuals need to know how to um, understand what our triggers are, why they're yes. triggers, and be able to control them because a reaction is an emotional reaction to a trigger. A response yeah is a logical thought process that you use to react, to respond to somebody, right? right? Um, or a situation or event. It's absolutely. Yeah. And I'm not saying you, that we won't get triggered by life. We will. Oh, but sure. when you can recover quickly, when you notice the inner saboteurs coming out to start, you know, doing their mm -hmm. judgy stuff, uh, you can go, oh, I'm falling into, I'm falling into, you know, I'm becoming hypercritical or I'm becoming hyperachieving or I'm, becoming uh i don't like my reality and i want to distract myself both like i'm going to go facebook for a few hours any of those ways you sabotage yourself learning to intercept that redirect yourself back into uh what in the, in that excellent book positive intelligence is referred to as the sage part of your brain you become it's like mm, uh, when you can redirect yourself back there quickly people notice and they really want to be around you uh and so th that to me is a precursor and then building strong relationships and figuring out how to require excellence. Uh, that That's the trick. Now, it takes time. And there's some practices you have to engage in. So let, let me give you some more examples. Um, I said that there's five behaviors of relating. I'll, I'll list them for you. Uh, it's asking, asking questions, being curious, what, what people think, uh, input ideas, listening actively and deeply to the other person, not just at the intellectual, but also at the emotional level being fully present, including people in important decisions, uh, making sure folks' uh, ideas and circumstances are considered, hey, Fred, this is going to impact you. Um, they're making the decision over there, but I know you're affected, so I want to make sure that your concerns are heard. 
um, asking, listening, including coaching, it's number four, which is helping people find their own strengths as opposed to you showing up with answers for them. Don't rescue people if they, if you don't have to. I mean, if they might be, the second rate answer that comes from them is better than the first rate answer you hand them on a platter. Mm -hmm. It's just the way it works. Live with it. Uh, once you accept that, you'll be a better leader. So I coach others to find their own strengths. Go ahead. I gently guide them, right? Like it's, right. when I, when I gently guide them, it's, it's a question. It's, Hey, have you ever thought of this? Yeah. And then as soon as you plant that little seed, all of a sudden they start thinking and then it expands. Right. And, yeah, like, and they find in themselves yeah. the thing that resonates with what you said, but then the idea and the action flows from them and they've got mm -hmm. commitment energy, not compliance. Yeah, it has to be individualistic. Gonna... Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so I mentioned five, right? Asking, listening, including coaching. Last is encouraging, which is bringing positive energy to conversations, uh, helping people feel psychologically safe, uh, finding their own courage, finding their own confidence, reminding them of their past successes, their past victories. The fact that, hey, you knocked it out of the park last month. You can do it again. Yeah. So that's relating. Then there comes requiring, right? You can't just do like the relators are all like, yeah, I can do all that. You know, I'm already doing all that. Well, that's only half of it. If you're a natural relator, you're going to have to learn to require. If you're a natural requirer, you're going to have to learn to relate because as humans, we need both to feel well-led and to want to follow uh, a really excellent boss. By the way, most of what I'm ta talking about here comes from an outstanding book called The 2R Manager by Pete Friedis. I'll send you a link. Absolutely. Uh, I've built a lot of stuff on top of it, like how do you set up the weekly meeting that gives you the opportunity to build the relationship. Because just because you intend to do these five behaviors doesn't mean they're going to happen yeah, unless you create the opportunity. So it's good to have the skill, but you also have to have the rituals and routines. Absolutely. Uh, I'll get onto that in, in a second, but I, everyone's like, but what about requiring? What about requiring? So let me talk about requiring. Um, you've got to set po common expectations. And it's great if you can come from the, the team. It doesn't all have to come out of your head or out management doesn't have to be top down, but there's got to be a common shared expectation of what is excellence. Now, one of my favorite examples of this is uh, you ask anybody, I did this with my hair cutter last week. Uh, first time I, I worked with her, I said, you've been doing this for a while, 28 years, she said. In your experience, what does it mean to be excellent at what you do? And I just shut up for the next half hour while she cut my hair and talked about what was excellence. And she liked that question. She had opinions about what was excellence for her. Um, I was coaching a, a young lady who very high potential young uh, executive to be in city government. And you knew she was a high potential because the, the senior executives kept giving her all of their hard problems. It's like they had a group of, I think it was like 11 receptionists all across this, this government body. And they didn't have a boss and everyone's got to have a boss. You got to have someone who's your manager, who's like there for you. And so they said, okay, uh, you're going to manage them in addition to the rest of your mismatched portfolio of lost toys that they've given her. Uh, and she's like, I don't know anything about reception. I said, you don't have to, they know, ask them on your, have you ever, have you had a staff meeting? No, we've never had staff meeting. Have a staff meeting. They need to see each other. They need to see you. Uh, and on the agenda, ask this question and then shut up. What does it mean to be excellent as a receptionist? And she's like, well, okay. She wanted to give like five or 10 minutes on the agenda. 
half an hour later, they were just getting warmed up and she had to call it for time and continue the conversation for the next staff meeting. But they loved that question. Now they were all over the map on it. They didn't have consensus yet, but they will tell you, ask people this question. What does it mean to be excellent as a street sweeper there, Johnny? Uh, or, Hey, Chris, you know, we've been, you've been doing this welding longer than I have by a lot. What does it mean to be excellent? And they will tell you what standard they want to be held to, that they want to hold each other to, that they aspire to. And then you can come back to them. And, and all you're doing as a manager sometimes is just directing people's attention because the world is huge and complex and we have to focus on one thing at a time. And you can say, you know, when, when, you know, Chris says, you know, excellence is this, and you see Randy doing the opposite, you can say, Randy, is that heading in the direction of excellence or away from it? Just in, in a way you're asking a question, but in a way you're also directing Randy's attention and you're calling back to this team conversation last week about what is excellence. It's like, oh, hey, dude, you know more about welding than I do. And did we just talk about this? And so you're already in, okay, there's some tension there because all requiring involves tension, but it's the tension between where the person is and where they could be, right? It's the unrealized potential in all of us. And deep down, we want someone to call us up to a higher level. That's why we love the boss that relates to us as human being and requires of us and doesn't let us rest in a hammock of comfort, but calls us to the challenge. And says, "Hey, we have a we have a goal, and, and we're going to make progress on it." So, creating common expectations, huge part of the requiring side of being a good boss, uh, insisting on excellence, uh, focusing on goals. Um, one of my favorites, and one of the hardest ones, is called creating appropriate controls. Now, that's something you don't get a lot of. Uh, most people don't know what that means. Uh, so, I should probably illustrate. If you want to create controls then you know one person will you know run the cash register and then a different person will double check the count of cash at the end of the day or one person will um, pay the bills and a different person accounts for the money because if the same person's doing both you're inviting um, potential misbehavior and you're also preventing errors from being caught because the same person who didn't catch it the first time, if they proofread their own work very well, won't, won't catch it the second time either. Second pair of eyes is very important. Um, there's a there's a trick here. When you assign work, always assign the reporting of the work with the work. Let me explain what that means. Like I, if you tell Fred, hey, I need you to buy a book because we're going to study it. And he says, okay, I bought the book. But you don't actually know if he bought the book or not. He just said he did. And sometimes people will say, I, I'm, I meant to, or I'm about to, but I don't want to, I don't want to seem like I'm behind schedule. So I'll tell you why I bought it. But in fact, I'm like, I'm, I'm going to get to it. And, and no, you're, you're, if you invite people to um, stretch the truth a little, and then you get misled, that's on you. You can't leave people room to stretch the truth. You, and so uh, one of my favorite management gurus, Mark Horseman, uh, who came up through West Point and served in the army. Uh, and learned about accountability and feedback loops and cross-checking in a very rigorous uh, school there. It says you, you don't assign buy a book. The assignment is buy the book and send me a photo of the book on your desk. That's the assignment. 
is the, is you get it and you send me the photo, both. That's one assignment. And you can't send me the photo without the book. And so, right, we're not done until I get the photo. Now, how hard is it? I'm not saying write a book report. That's, that'd be a separate assignment, but like, show me the evidence. And when you get into that mindset of that, I'm not going to tell you to do a thing. I'm going to tell you to do the thing and show your work or do the thing and tell me it's done. Uh, I think every workplace has stories of you, know, you expect someone to do something and they never tell you if they did it or not. So you're sitting around waiting to find out if it's done so you can take your step. And meanwhile, they did it and went home, but never told you. And you're sitting there like, when's it going to get done? Oh, it was done yesterday. It's like, but you didn't tell me. It's like, well, you didn't tell me to tell you. You told me to do it. Stop. Accountability. Stop. Right? Just Putting boundaries yeah. in place and holding people accountable. Right. And, and, and figuring out where do things go off the rails and put in rails so that things get cross-checked so we can't drift away from, from quality. And by the way, following up is part of accountability. Actually, I have a whole training unit called the Accountability Loop, uh, which reveals the hidden structure of accountability. Maybe we should talk about that sometime. Uh, actual accountability is a four-step process, and we do it all the time. It's the basic building block of team of teamwork. Is asking have, for help and getting it. I've put accountability into my smarter method because it's an acronym. So uh -huh. the A, of course, is accountability um, because we each, as a leader, as as anybody, as an individual, we need to have accountability for our actions. Yeah, words, you can't for, be a good teammate without accountability. No, <laughs> so. You had mentioned a couple of things at the beginning of the video that um, that I wanted to touch on. And one of them was good managers. I had a manager, uh, the owner operator of a business that I was working for many years ago. Um, he was a leader and he would have been an amazing leader, but he was, what's the word I'm looking for? I ended up taking him to the labor board um, because he was, he fired me because I wouldn't do work that I wasn't hired or qualified to do. Um, and he was, he always had these trainings, these, these ideas. He's like a good manager um, shows you how it's done. And I'm just like, I liked that part. Right. And I really respected him at first. And I liked the part where, you know, a good manager or a good leader is somebody who's not just going to tell you how to do it. They're going to show you how to do it. They're going to, you know, engage with you on how to do it. They're going to, you know, show you that they know what they're talking about without, yes. you know, right? They have and, competence. And they have the competence, yes. right? Um, another thing that you had mentioned that I wanted to touch on was um, even coaches. You talked about snakes, right? Um, every one of my clients, since I began coaching, every one of my clients, that I have connected with and that we've had actual transformation with, I follow up with them. Yes. Right? Even after the payments stop, I follow up with them. I can't tell yeah. you how many individuals I've worked with um, that just throw you off the radar. As soon as you're done, you're non-existent. Yeah. That's not a leader. Right? And I'm not saying that you don't fall through the cracks. I'm not saying that you know um every leader i i own six businesses i can't be all the time talking to absolutely everyone right <laughs> but i'm also staying in touch throw you aside right. right yeah like you know maybe it might be three months later 
but I'm going to send you a voicemail or an email or some kind of text outreach, doing? something and say, Hey, Melissa, it's been three months. I'm just, I'm just thinking about you. How you doing? Hope you're well. You know, uh, my wife and I just did this thing, which reminded me of you, what, yep, whatever, whatever it looks uh, like. Right. Um, and by the way, that's part of maintaining an excellent network, which is part of the, the, the package here. Uh, Cause if you're going to be effective as a leader, you better have a really good professional network. Exactly. Um, so now being a leader for me comes down to, like you said, empathy, right? And yeah. and one of the most popular things in, in coaching today is knowing your why, hmm. right? Um, don't get me wrong. There's a lot of us that want to make money. <laughs> we want to be able to support That's our family. Very legitimate goal. Right? Yeah. Very, very legitimate, legitimate goal. Um, but that's not the why. No. Right. And I think that when you ask people what their version, and, and I'm going to challenge everybody who watches or listens to this episode. Um, I'm going to challenge you two things. Number one, um, what is excellence? I want to throw Thomas's question out there because I do absolutely love that question. Whatever it is that you do or whatever profession that you're in, whether you're a nine to fiver, whether you're a corporate, whether you're a CEO or an entrepreneur, doesn't matter. What is your idea of excellence? Post it in the comments, send us a message, reach out. What is yeah. your excellence? Short, shorter is better. Yeah. Shorter is better, but not soup, not like so short it's cryptic and we can't understand it, but yeah. not like eight paragraphs of, of detail. There's, um, there's and, an essence there. Yep. Yeah. Hashtag just live essence or <laughs> excellence, not essence. See, you've got me chipping yeah. up on Hashtag that. Hashtag excellence. Um, and then the second part is. And I totally forgot the second part. It'll come to you. It will. It usually does. Hmm. Well, let's see. We just talked about the importance of staying in touch with people over time. Uh, I, I would say if you want to start upping your leadership game right now, uh, you know, work on the self-improvement, the, the ability to control your own inner, inner saboteurs. Again, the, the book Positive Intelligence might be a very good start. Or My Smarter uh, Method. Oh, your smarter method. Absolutely. Yeah. Melissa's smarter method. Def definitely look into that. Um, and start paying full, complete attention to people when you're speaking with them. Really listen deeply. Track what they tell you. People are remarkably self-revealing. If someone mentions that, you know, their daughter is going to have a ballet recital this weekend, the next week, follow up and ask how the ballet recital went. It may not matter to you, but it matters to them. And when you let what matters to them matter to you at least a little bit, you're starting to get, you're showing them that you're making space inside of you for them. You have a little mental model of them that, that's important to you that you keep up to date. You know, I asked somebody once, it'd be like a year since I talked to him and says, I remember last year you were struggling with something and I described it. It's like, whatever happened with that? And you know, it hadn't gone terribly well, but he was delighted that I'd remembered that I had shown that I cared enough to track that. And you can only track about 150 people maximum and really a much smaller inner circle, maybe five really close friends and maybe a few dozen intermediates. And then the rest are more acquaintances and above 150, our brains just lose capacity. Uh, that's called the Dunbar number, by the way. And when you show people either that they're at least in your 150 or maybe they're in that smaller inner circle of 20 or 30 that they track closely, 
The only way to show that is by showing that you're tracking the details of their lives by paying attention to them and, and noticing things. Um, I'll give you uh, one last one last trick. If you ever need to give somebody performance feedback, no one does this correctly, by the way, um, hardly anyone, is do not tell them your opinion of what they've done. Do not give them, like, that was awesome. That's useless in for input. You want to describe the specific behavior they engaged in and the impact that behavior had, both short-term and long-term. Now, this is tricky. Uh, so you're watching, you know, Chris is sweeping the floor and there's a technique for sweeping the floor and Chris has been taught the technique and Chris is using the technique that Chris was taught. All right. Hey, Chris, you got a second? That's how you get permission to talk. You, you, you Hey, can I get your attention for a second? You know, I noticed that you're using that sweeping technique from the workshop. And when you do that, it tells me that you're paying attention in class. I can see that you're doing a better, cleaner job of sweeping because the technique does work. And I think you're setting a really good example for the rest of the staff of paying attention and, and, and really focusing on, on your technique and doing it the best you can. Keep it up, man. And so the impact is emotional. It tells me this thing. The impact is physical in the world. You're making it cleaner and you're setting an example for others. So there's a social impact. That's three impacts. And then I made a request, keep it up. So you describe the behavior in physical detail, like a camera would pick up. You describe some, one or more impacts and you make a request. And that's actual performance feedback. Most, what we, most people call feedback is just opinionating at somebody has zero or, or sometimes negative impact on performance. The kind of feedback I just described, which you can uh, look at, it's described in excellent detail at a website called managertools.com, manager-tools.com, outstanding resource. Uh, look for their, their feedback info. Um, I my, my model's slightly different from theirs, but theirs is absolutely rock solid. That's the kind of performance feedback that drives improvement and focuses on excellence. So I guess if I wanted to wrap up, I'd say build strong relationships by showing, by behaving in ways that show you care about the other person and really do care. Uphold high standards of excellence through setting expectations, focusing on goals, asking about excellence, holding people to it, challenging some par performance. Dude, this is a mess. Do it again. This is not excellent. Um, you know better. I know you do. I've seen, last week you did a great. Now you're not doing great. Is there something wrong? Do you need help? No, you're just slacking off. Okay, wake up. There's, by the way, you, there, there's two ways to challenge people. There's the sleepy ones who kind of need to be pushed to wake up to do a good job. I can be that way sometimes. You might need to like get your head out of your orifice, cocks. Come on. Or then there's the, the the nervous ones who are pushing themselves hard and there's like negative self-talk and you need to like calm them down so they can perform better because they're freaking themselves out. And you need to know which one to do and that's going to vary by the individual. So don't think you should go around kicking everybody's butt. About half of us need to have our butts kicked and the other half need to have our feathers smoothed down and you yeah. will get, and that's just your job as a boss is to help each person maximize their individual performance and to help the team get along as a team. And when yeah. you do that, you're an outstanding boss. People will love you. You'll get promoted. You'll get buckets of money. Uh, people will think of you as the best boss they ever had. Yeah. 
So for everybody watching um, or listening, what do you classify leadership? What do you think leadership means to you? Um, if you're following somebody, if you want to be a leader, what does that look like for you? We're going to ask that excellence. What does an excellent leader look like to you? Um, and put it in the comments. Let us know. Send us a message. That is, you know, what it means to be a good leader is somebody who actually cares, somebody who has empathy, somebody mm -hmm. who understands, who knows what they're talking about. Um, and being a good leader is somebody who's genuinely themselves. And I mm. think that we need to differentiate between influencers and leaders. Leaders are their own individuals. They are people who, you know, aren't just following the crowd. They're not, they're, they're genuine. And I think that the authenticity of, of a genuine leader is unmatched. I'm not going to dispute that. Mm. Didn't think so. <laughs> In fact, if folks want to answer this question in the comments, it touches on yours. Think of the best boss you ever had. And what's one thing they did that your second best boss didn't do? That's not all of excellence, but it's one data point. And those data points will add up. So I'd be very curious what people have to say about that. Think of your best boss ever. Maybe you can say their first name or their initials. And what did they do that makes them stand out in your memory as the best boss you ever had? Mine, I felt valued. Mm -hmm. It was a genuine connection where I yep. felt valued. What did they, do you remember what they did that helped you feel that way? They, they cared about my life, what was going mm -hmm. on. If I was going through a stressful time or something was going on, it was, you know, hey, Melissa, how are you doing? Like, do you need anything? Um, can we work around this? And it was just that that ability to shift it and say, okay, yes, this is going on. It's horrible. How can we still do stuff and, and respect where you're at kind of thing. Um, right. And they and wouldn't was, lower the bar. They didn't say, well, you know, take a week off. Oh, you're, or, or your work doesn't matter because you're, you're feeling sad. It was like, how do we maintain excellence and acknowledge the fact that you're struggling and you might need a hand or a, a break or flexibility or something mm -hmm. both and not either or yeah all right well thank you so much for joining me thomas i really appreciate it thank you melissa all right well just a family that is the episode if you'd like to get a hold of myself or thomas you can do so our links are in the description of this episode go and check us out connect with thomas um our Sponsor today, a Phoenix Identity. Go and check them out. I will link the Embrace Your Positivity Guide in that as well. Go and take a clarity session if you want to learn how to be the best version of yourself. Soon we will be launching the Smarter Method book um, and the program that goes with it. And it's how to be a happy, healthy individual. Um, and it's amazing. It I so I can't wait for this book to come out. <laughs> All right. Well, again, thank you so much, Thomas. I really appreciated it. Hey, thank you. Take care. All right. Like, follow, and share the show. Join our newsletter at distalivetv.com. If you would like to be a guest speaker or if you would like uh, a topic featured on the show, please make sure that you reach out distalivetv.com. Our inbox is always open. Bye. <laughs>